five pages of notes to get through here. Word. Nerd. Welcome to Word of Thrones. What, what? This is our reaction Game of Thrones podcast for season seven, episode six, entitled Beyond the Wall. The Wall. The Wall. This is the longest episode of Game of Thrones to date. Following the shortest episode to date. Yep. Just barely beat out last year's finale, which prior to this was the longest. Yeah, something like what, 71-ish minutes, I think, something like that? Uh, it might be a little less than that, because I think this one was 70. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next week's is 80. Well, it's good. Since we have only uh, seven episodes in a season, I was hoping they would... I mean, I was really bummed when that one was short last week. Yeah. It's like, first of all, you're trying to cram so much. We talked about this already, but you're trying to cram so much stuff in. Right. You have three less hours to play with. Like, why not use some of that time to extend these episodes? So. Yeah. So uh, before we get into it here, I'm Ryan. I am the Beast. And you can uh, also find the podcast, uh, or find us, I guess I should say, on Twitter at WordNerd. We're also on Instagram at WordNerdPodcast. We're on Facebook as well. And you can email us at wordnerdpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. So, yeah, so this episode starts off. We uh, start with like a big, like, sweeping shot of the battle room, war room table in Dragonstone. Yeah, and I didn't quite, the, the first time we watched it, it didn't. I'm like, why yeah. do we start here? Because right. then it jumps right into the folks beyond the wall. And, yeah. But we saw today that, you know, it's, it is like the map. It's kind of showing where yeah. they're going. I think, yeah, it's just how giving far they've some, traveled. Yeah, perspective on where they are. Now, since this is a show that likes to deal in, like, symbolism or foreshadowing, do you think, like, so we have the shot of the table and it's kind of dark, but then there's a big fire, like, yeah. in the background. Yeah, watching it a second time, I feel like that might have been some sort of, like, foreshadowing for what happens at the end of the episode. I almost feel like it has to be because why else would that shot even be necessary? Right. Really? Plus the fire that they're showing is the fireplace in the room, which so it's yeah. Daenerys's fire. I mean, and I didn't really get a chance to get a good look this second time around we watched, but is that like the area where like the episode takes place later on where they're stuck in the lake or what? I I think so. It seems like it. Cause okay. they go to East watch, which would be on that East side of the map where the camera goes over. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, like you said that just, we show the map and the fire and then it cuts to the justice league, whatever you want to call this group of superheroes. Yeah. How many, I mean, it's what we got. Gendry, Tormund, Hound, Barrick, uh, top knot, John, is that, all, is that all the main characters? Um, I think so, and some red shirts. Oh, and Jorah. And Jorah. Yeah. And then it seems like a endless supply of red shirts for when like they need to kill some people during yeah. the rest of the episodes. It's like, wait, another one? Another one? Another yeah. One? When they're walking through, though, you can... I mean, there's quite a few of those other guys bringing up the back, like pulling the sled yeah. and doing some other stuff. I assume they have like food on there and stuff. I would guess so, yeah. I I wonder how long it takes them... like. When we pick up here, they're out in the middle of the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Like how long they've already been walking. Well, the last episode ends with them just like leaving the door, you yeah. know, the gate at Eastwatch. And I mean... They like several days, would you say? I think I see where you're going here. And so it's like, why does Gendry get back so fast? Basically right. what you're thinking of yeah. later on. 
so i mean it could just be that they're like around the bend yeah you know because we yeah they do finally spend like you know we've been kind of harping on this whole season like why are they just you know pretty much warping from one side of the map Mm -hmm. to the other and this is finally the first episode where they spend some time showing the journey yeah and you know them we get some good dialogue out of it and yeah, there there is actually some really good dialogue in here. Um, Gendry first mentions that he is still upset with the Brotherhood because they sold him to, he says a witch, and then yeah. uh, Thoros, is that his name? Top Knot? Yeah, corrects him and says, uh, well, she's a priestess. <laughs> and then he says something like, well, the distinction is slight, but... Yeah, I mean, and... It- I think the the whole point of that little conversation was, you know, the hound goes on to say you're whinging. Right. And it's just like, it's kind of like almost correlates with John and Danny with like their little spat. Like, I want to be ruler. No, I want to be the king of the north. I won't bend the knee. Right. But what it comes down to, it's like, hey, you know what? We're all alive and on the same side right now. And, you know, maybe you need to stop bitching about what happened in the past. Yeah. That's what I thought too is just a little bit of like building a relationship between all these guys or at least showing that they've been walking through the wilderness forever and they're starting to not hate each other quite as much because they're yeah. kind of joking around and stuff they're still flipping shit at each other but yeah and also some good uh dialogue was i think it's you know like one of the first things that they start talking about is when they're talking about how cold it is out there yeah and torment is like oh i can breathe again and uh was it is it gendry who's talking about how like how do i stay warm or yeah, we've got nobody to warm our beds or keep us warm or something like that. Yeah, and Tormund's like, you know, there's, there's, you have to keep moving to stay warm, and walking's good, fighting's better, fucking's best. Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> we'll have to make do with what we have, and then he looks straight at Gendry when <laughs> yeah. he says that. I like that, just kind of messing around with like the newbie kind of yeah. thing. Like, yeah, you've never been out here, man. You don't know what's up. Uh, we also get John trying to give the sword back to Jorah. Well, there's a couple things I want to touch on right before, you know, uh, before that. Um, first, Tormund, it kind of seems that he's putting into John's head that he's been too proud to kneel. And, you know, he brings up the, uh, the relation, I guess, he's, he brings up Man's Rider and says the King of the North, right. which would he call himself. And he said he was too proud to kneel and how, how many den- men had to die yeah. for him to, you know, for him for his pride so i think that kind of puts into you know at least in the back of john's mind so i think that was an important little uh back and forth there i think it shows too that torment has like evolved his characters evolved i love torment he's because he's turned into one of my favorites for sure like when we first met him you know in the like third or fourth season whenever that was yeah i don't think he would have ever like said that sort of thing like how he said mansurator died because he didn't bend a knee yeah like i don't think he would have said that stuff before it seems like he's maybe a little more civilized than he was before and i think we kind of see his uh like transformation or like his development in this way because like you said he does start out where he's you know kind of just like wildling power right and then you know he is the first one to accept john's invitation to go south of the wall and then yeah now he's you know he's seen he knows what they're up against and he knows what John's trying to do. Right. And that, yeah. So we see all that, that whole development there from those different stages. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, um, we have a little, uh, 
it's kind of everyone just kind of pairs off in this in these scenes it seems like we have a little conversation between these two these two these two yeah and then yeah so john is at one point trying to give uh uh lord mormont's long claw back to jorah yeah so for i mean anybody listening to this podcast should know this but the sword came from it was in their family right the mormont's yeah and because jorah was like brought shame to his family and was excommunicated um was he, he was trying to sell slaves? Or? Yeah, he okay. was a slaver, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Lord Mormont gave the sword to John instead. So John was trying to give it back to Jorah, saying that it belongs in his family and has for thousands of years, and he should have it back. Yeah, and he says, um, the only thing is I've changed the pommel from a bear to a wolf. Yeah. And I thought there, um, it's kind of telling, and I don't know in what way or what it signifies exactly, but, the, you know, it's a white dire wolf which is, is you know kind of looks like ghost which was yeah. his dire wolf so i think that was because uh, lord mormont was the one who put that on there for him right and john had the wolf so that's probably why he did it he's the white wolf yeah and jorah says uh you know i'm not his son or i brought shame on the family yeah basically john says you're his you're his son and jorah's like he doesn't say this but i think what really maybe they should have said was you know Actually, you were more his family, I think, than yeah. Jorah was because, you know, they w- you were brothers in the Night Watch. And, yeah. And Lord Mormont did kind of take on a fatherly role there for quite a while for Absolutely, John. yeah. Like, he made him a... What did he make him? He wasn't a ranger at first. He no, was, was a squire. Yeah. And he, kinda, he was kind of grooming him to become the next Lord Commander. Right. Like, Sam had to convince... Is the one that kind of brought that up. Like, he's... You're going to be, like, right next to the Lord Commander. You're going to learn how to lead kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So we go to uh, Winterfell for a second here, right after. Yes. Um, And we have Arya and Sansa, and they're up on, you know, one of the balconies or what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arya's telling a story about the time that she, like, found a bow and started, you know, practicing and finally hits a, a bullseye and... You know, her father, instead of uh, rebuking her, just kind of sitting there and clapping. and Right. Smiling at her. So what what do you think the purpose of that whole story was? I guess I think it was just to portray that Arya has always been like the tomboy that wanted to be a fighter. And she knew that, like, she couldn't be because that was, like, against the rules, especially her as a lady. No yeah. one would let her do that sort of thing, so she had to do it when she was alone and no one was watching. But it also shows that John, not John, excuse me, uh, Ned, yeah, recognized that that's what she wanted to do, and he personally probably didn't care. He probably had to keep up appearances, but well, what she said she took away from it was that you know he knew it was wrong or it was against the rules, but he didn't think it was wrong. It was the rules that were wrong. Right. Well, and also going sort of into the lore of Game of Thrones. Uh, with Lyanna Stark, Ned's sister, yeah. who of course is John's mom, we know now. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that she met Rhaegar Targaryen mm-hmm. is because, at least this is like the theory based on what's in the books and stuff, is that she dressed up like a knight and entered a jousting contest to like avenge somebody else. I don't know the whole story, but l- they always talk about how Lyanna was like really good on horseback and like good with weapons and stuff. So I wonder if Ned also sees a lot of his dead sister in Arya. Right. 
and like you know her and john do share like the similar looks of the family yeah you know have the the more stark looks to them rather than the tullys right but i was also and then i mean what she, what she brings up next is then she finally brings up the note that you know she kind of found through little fingers wheeling and dealing and so i was wondering if maybe it was just like her roundabout way to get to the point too i think it was yeah but it just seems like everything in this show means like three things right yeah i could see that i don't like this stuff yeah and you, i said last week that i hope this didn't happen and it did yeah i mean it seems like how does Arya still hold us against her like after every all the training and everything that she's been through i mean it just feels like she should be more like mature than this it seems like Sansa's excuse of being a scared child is seems totally legit to me. That Arya is a scared child, you mean? No, or, that oh, Sansa was. Oh, yeah. She wrote that note. Totally, yeah. It's like, yeah, of course I wrote it. Like, I had, you know, I was a young child. I had adults telling me. I had the queen of the realm telling me to do this, and, you know, right. I didn't really know better. And, yeah, she was young and stupid, and she wanted, you know, she had this, like, ideal, like, life in her head. Right. And it was all just going to shit. Right, and, and she was trying to do what she could to like hang on to it. And like you said, she's naive. She's a child. I mean, as she may even think that what Cersei's telling her is true—that hey, if you get your if you get your brother to stop, we'll let your dad go. I mean, she might have thought she was doing the right thing. And Arya thinks, you know, she's like being all mature now, but it's really like immature of her to to not be able to like. She's thinking of what Sansa did in the terms of like where they're at today mm-hmm. and not where they were years ago when it actually took place. Right. She doesn't remember that she used to be a scared little kid too. I do understand Arya's point a little bit where when she tells Sansa that she would have died before she yeah, betrayed her family like that. And I think Arya probably would have, but I think that just shows the main difference between the two. Arya's a lot like her dad and is just very headstrong about what she believes. And Sansa has some diplomacy. Yeah. And I feel like maybe she has some other motives, not that they're evil motives, but I think she does want to be a queen. And talking about motives, I think Littlefinger is getting exactly what he wants. I mean, his plan is just working to a T right now. Absolutely. Yeah. His little puppets are dancing, you know, yeah. But I'm um, also, you know, Arya towards the end says, you know, sometimes fear makes people do unfortunate things. And it seems like she almost proves Sansa's point right there. It's like, yeah, I was scared. I did unfortunate things. Like, and you're just going to hold it against me? Like, here well, I am today. Yeah. Well, I don't uh, think that's what she meant, though, because she says fear makes people do unfortunate things. She said something about anger, too. And she's like, I'll choose anger. Yeah. But I don't know. It seemed like she proved Sansa's point, and a little bit to me. I yeah. I just feel like all of this is so transparent with Littlefinger around. They know what type of person he is and what type of, you know, how he manipulates people. It just seems like they should be able to realize that this is exactly what... Like Arya says, if Cersei could see us fighting right now, she'd be laughing. Sansa. Or, yeah, one of them says that. And she even says later to Brienne... Like, skipping ahead, but she says later to Brienne, like, I know exactly what Littlefinger is, and so it seems like she should... I don't know. See, that's why I kind of put all this on Arya. Just kind of... Yeah. She needs to get over it, kind of, you know? Right. So. We, uh, uh, after this exchange, we head back out north, and, uh, 
I forgot what happens, but I, I wrote down here that Hound needs to get over his fear of the fire. Yeah, um, I think it's um, uh, Barrick talks. Is it Barrick? Or Tormund. Yeah. Tormund's talking about. Oh, it's about. Tormund talks to the Hound, and um, the Hound tells him that he doesn't like gingers. Yeah, he's like, we're touched by fire. Like, like you. Yeah, exactly. And then they have the little talk about how it happened. Did you fall in the fire when you are a baby? And he says, no, I got I pushed. pushed. Yeah, and this comes into play a little bit later, but it's just like, oh, Hound, you got Yeah, this is also where Tormund starts telling the Hound about how he's, like, with this lady, yeah. this tall, <laughs> beautiful, blue-eyed woman who's the tallest woman you've ever seen. Oh, you don't mean Brienne of Tall. <laughs> you know her. <laughs> I love Tormund, man. He's become, like, the uh, like the comic relief a little bit. At a least little bit, in yeah. This, in this arranging party. Yeah. You should see the way she looks at me. <laughs> she, what does he say? Like she wants to rip your guts out or something. He's like, you, you do, do know her. <laughs> I want to have sex with her. I want to make huge babies. <laughs> they will conquer the world. I, yeah, it's so funny how like Tormund usually is pretty like all he thinks about it seems like is battle and killing people and whatever else. But Well, that's what the hound says right there. It's like, how are you still alive? <laughs> yeah. How is someone so stupid still alive? And he's like, no, I'm just good at killing people. But he's like super into Brienne. Yeah. <laughs> which is just super funny. I think he just sees like a giantess woman and he's just like, yeah. it's it's like uh, Dwight on The Office. Like, no, I want a big family. <laughs> you know, like physically. <laughs> <laughs> also, during this uh, little part back up north, we see uh, Baron and jo- Barrick and John talking. Yeah. And Barrick brings up that we both died and we died for a reason. We were both brought back for a reason. And I was, and I was curious, when, do we, when does Barrick learn that John was brought back? You know, that's a good question. Because the first time they met was in the cells at Eastwatch. So, like... I mean, they've been walking, I guess, for a while. We could probably assume that the topic has come up, maybe. Yeah, I guess we just have to make the assumption. Because I don't think it's ever yeah. actually said, between the two of them, at least. Barrick also men- mentions to John that he doesn't look like his dad. Which yeah. he thinks is Ned. Yeah, but then he says, you must have more of the Stark, yeah, the Stark side in you. Yeah. Or, Whatever your no, your mother's and you, which is the Stark side, which is funny. Yeah, yeah, and I guess we do we. Uh, I guess we've seen Rhaegar in a couple flashbacks with Bran, but right. Wait, do we? I don't know if we ever do, but yeah, he's always portrayed as just Targaryen, tall, right, thin, long Silver blonde hair. hair. Yeah. yeah. And then we're back in Dragonstone, and Danny and Tyrion are. Yeah, this is an interesting little conversation that they're having here. Well, yeah, uh, Daenerys starts by uh, just saying how she hates heroes because they always go off and do something stupid, and it's obvious, just uh, obvious that she's mad because she's she loves John. Yeah, where do you go? And she kind of like unintentionally insults Tyrion too because right, she she says uh, he's too little for me. <laughs> Well, there's that, but then she also kind of insinuates that the, he's not a hero because he didn't go. Well, she doesn't insinuate that. He, she says that outright. It's like I like you because you're not a you're not heroic. Yeah, I'm heroic, and she's like, no, trust me, I like you because you're not heroic. But then she backs up a little and says, I didn't say you weren't brave. Right. I know you're brave. I wouldn't have a coward as my hand. But when she does say, uh, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you. You, um, Tyrion says something like, "I oh yeah, I'm sure you don't like John at all." And she comes back with, "He's too little for me." <laughs> yeah, 
And then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything. And it's like she said something about, you know, making it seem like she was slighting uh, Tyrion. But all I could think of was like uh, Drago ruined her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy's pretty huge. Yeah. So it's kind of a high bar to set. Uh, she also, Danny also mentions how, well, they, they talk about, you know, if this plan works, I'll finally get to meet your sister, referring to Cersei. Yeah. And she says, from what you've told me, Cersei would probably rather kill me than meet with me. And they start talking about the traps that Cersei is potentially setting. Yeah, and then Tyrion comes back with, you know, Jamie has promised me that nothing like that will happen. And I just, it seems so naive of it. Like, why? Yeah, I know you love J- Jamie out of ed- anyone in your whole family. Right. It's like, no, you're way too trusting of him. And, and he's like, I promised Jamie that I wouldn't do anything. It's like, no, you guys have got to be plotting right now and right. have like different contingencies for whatever could come your way. Yeah, because even if Jamie keeps his word, that doesn't mean Cersei is in on it. Or goes behind his back. Or, right. Yeah. She blew up the whole Sept of Baylor without Jamie knowing. Yeah. So. And Tyrion's just like, we should be honorable. It's like, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to a point, sure. I get what they're trying to do. They don't want to just be the same. Like, they talk about it here. You know, she wanted to break the wheel. We have to do this in a different way. We can't just Mm -hmm. do it by killing and maiming everybody in our path. Yeah. I mean, just like I said, you got to have a contingency plan. And they're they're not. It's like their whole problem before was that they didn't want to burn King's Landing to the ground. And I think what the plan is now is to meet in a neutral area. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if they are killing people, all they're killing are like troops and enemies. They're not killing any common folk, which was what they True. wanted to avoid. So Yeah. Um, and then you, you mentioned like a backup plan. Tyrion also brings up a backup plan. He thinks that they should pick a successor to Daenerys in case something happens to her. Yeah. And I was wondering why she, why doesn't she think she can have children? Is it because of like what the witch did to her on That's, her firstborn? Or? That was my, uh, yeah, feeling I got from that. Yeah, just I don't I don't remember anything like really coming out and saying she was barren after that or anything. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, wasn't the, um, okay, so backing up to when that all happened when she was pregnant. Yeah. Didn't she start bleeding or something? Didn't something bad happen and then she got the witch's help? No, no, no. So Drago got stabbed and then he was dying from like infection or something like that. Right. And she employed the witch to save his life. And she, the witch tells her "You, a, a life costs a life or something like that. Death will have his debt paid or something like that. And then she started bleeding after that. Yeah. And so she's a, she a still where she's like walking out of the tent, like holding her stomach and her hands are all bloody and stuff. So, yeah, her baby is stillborn, and that's the price that's paid for Drago to be gotcha. a, a vegetable, pretty much. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't just don't really remember that meaning that she could never have kids again. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, though. I Once you had some witchcraft on your hoo-ha, don't, it don't <laughs> go away. <laughs> but also what I've heard is like, or what I've read, it's, you know, um, I guess it wouldn't be like a Targaryen child, but like um, John's mother tar- was... Uh, impregnated by a Targaryen and she died. Uh, Daenerys' mother was impregnated by a Targaryen and her mom died. So something mm. like it being impregnated by a Targaryen, like the the women don't live through it. 
also the the Tyrion is a Targaryen theory kind of plays into this because his mom died giving birth to him as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, this know. is kind of a little bit off topic here, but Oberyn Martell, yeah, he wanted to kill the Lannisters because his younger sister was killed and raped by the Mountain, right? Mm. Um, yeah, Alaria. Uh, yeah, and she was, but who who was Alaria married to? Rhaegar? Is that Rhaegar? Oh no, it so. was Rhaegar. Yeah, because yeah, that's who he divorced, and then he went and married Lyanna in secret. Okay, yeah. Just making sure I'm getting this family line correct. <laughs> There's a lot to keep in keep in your head. Anyways, yeah. Uh, let's see. So uh, basically, this conversation comes down to Danny saying that she's not going to pick a successor until she has the throne. Yeah, and she has earlier in that conversation said like. When did I lose my temper? And then she kind of loses her temper during this whole yeah. conversation. So it's like he's like, "When you killed the Tarleys, yeah." <laughs> She's like, "Well, I had to." He's like, "Well, you, I think you had to kill one of them." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see her point. Like I did when it hap- when it happened. It's like I don't know. I gave him a choice. They could have bent the knee. Yeah, but so he do. It's war. It is war. So I mean, he's obviously Tyrion's just trying to, uh, you know play along with the conversation that him and Varys had, but still it's like, I don't know. I Do you think that Danny, like she kind of, she a couple times now has kind of gotten on Tyrion a little bit for maybe he's being too lenient or too weak. Um, maybe because he's fighting his family yeah. for whatever reason. Do you think part of Daenerys also um, understands and knows that she maybe needs that to offset? Like, do you think she realizes that a little bit too? And that's why he, she picked, Tyrion as her hand. She needs what? Some, like, a cool head that's, like, going to be a little more cunning than she usually is. I mean, maybe, except she points out that, you know, they bring up, we need a plan, and she's like, the last two plans you made lost me, my ships and my army and what have you. And uh, so, I mean, she kind of, she does seem impulsive at times. Mm -hmm. I just feel like they're kind of yin and yang a little bit, like they... They both have good qualities, but they all kind of also center each other a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and then we go back north of the wall, and our group of unlikely heroes is traversing through a snowstorm. Yeah, winter is definitely ramped up. Winter has come. Which I think is kind of the indication that they're getting close to their destination. Yeah. And off in the distance, they see a bear... Yeah. Big bear. And Gendry says, do bears have blue eyes? The bears have blue eyes. (laughs) It's like, how do you see them from that far away? (laughs) I didn't see them. With a blizzard. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so bear attack ensues. Red shirts get ripped in half and eaten. Now the question here is, are there more than one bear? Seemed like to me like there's two bears, but they only killed one bear. So I don't know if the other one like got scurred and run off. Okay, so there's there's an NPC like... Kind of scouting, like, yeah. I don't know, 200 f- feet ahead of the the party. Yeah. And then the bear starts to charge, and he runs back towards the group. Yeah, just like, hey, trying to get their attention. And then it seems like another bear comes out from, like, the side and yeah. catches him, like a clever gal. Yeah. And, but then it seems like that's the only bear. I think there's only one after that, and I don't know where the second one really went. So did the bear chasing him just, like, do a end route and... Yeah, <laughs> me. See, okay. Do we need? Maybe we should get into this now. That the Bran is the Night King, because maybe he was warging into one of the polar bears, and he like 
brought one back or something like that. I mean, I don't know anything about this theory, so if you feel this is a good good spot. Okay. So I've been reading online, and it's not a, it's not a new theory, but it's there's like I think there was something so p- people have been bringing it back that maybe Bran is going to end up being the Night King. So what it is is, um, you know, obviously he is able to go back in time, and we've seen him affect time. So mm-hmm. what they're saying is that it's kind of like a time loop thing. Like the first, so he he has gone to the future maybe and seen that it's impossible to beat the um, White Walkers in present day. So he first goes back and uh, like to the time of his ancestors. I forgot when, but um, and they but they lose the battle or he like misses he misses mistimes when he, when he goes back, but they say he like he uh, wargs or whatever into Bran the Builder. And he's Bran the Builder, and he helps create the wall. And then, like, he comes back, and then he goes back again. And shit, what was it? There was a second time I forgot. Oh yeah, no, I forgot. If anyways, the third time though, he goes and he becomes the guy that the children of the forest put the blade into, or put the dragon glass to create the first White Walker. And Which so the is theory the though is King. is that yeah, is that he stayed too long because the three-eyed raven when he's training him is like if you swim in the ocean too long or something like that you'll start to drown and so what they're saying is maybe he got trapped warging into the the guy that is the night king and then now he's just kind of trapped and now he's and he's lived all these thousands of years as the night king and it's just now that's like now he to your theory he knew that maybe the dragons were coming because he's already you know He's got. He's in the present day as well. Anyways, the only thing. Well, I mean, uh, you mentioned that he thought that the White Walkers were impossible to beat, but if he is the Night King, he's the one who created the White Walkers. So I don't know why he would. Well, he thought they were impossible to beat, and that's why he went back in time to try to beat them. But then, hmm. Yeah, that's a weird one. Let me pull it up here. Because that would mean like a lot of overlapping. Because Bran is alive right now, and so is the Night King. Yeah, that's it's kind of hard to. I mean, but the so Three-Eyed I, Raven is able to be in all times at once. So right, it's kinda. just it seems like a paradox. Like, okay, so Bran knows you can't beat the the Night King and the White Walkers, so he goes back and becomes the Night King, and but then recreates the White Walkers again. So. Let me just read. So any future Bran, seeing the terrible end result of the Great War, might decide to try and go back and stop it before it starts. And then that's where the trouble would begin. So the part of the theory uh, folds another popular one into it is that the idea that the voices who told the Mad King to burn them all was really Bran telling him to burn all the White Walkers. But instead that just made, uh, was it Eris? Yeah, Eris go mad and burn his own people instead. So he failed there, and so he returns. And then the second time is when he goes back and uh, becomes Bran the Builder, and then he helps erect the wall because like he's too late or something like that because he kind of mischimes. Uh, it, all that's kind of before written record, so he doesn't know exactly when to go back or something like that is what they say. So he makes the wall instead. But then the third time he goes back, he takes over the body of the first man, the children of the forest, turned into white walker with a dragon glass mm-hmm. and then uh yeah but let's see 
It says here, so Jojen and the Three-Eyed Raven warn Bran, you can't remain in the past or someone else's body for too long because you can get stuck in there. And then that's how Bran would get trapped in the first White Walker who becomes the Night King. And he has all Bran's incredible power, which is how he can like raise the dead and stuff. And so Bran lives for thousands of years as the Night King, which is why he can see himself in the vision and mark him. He then goes and kills the Three-Eyed Raven who hid the truth from him. Even now, the Three-Eyed Raven's comment about how Bran will fly could be because the Night King is about to ride his new dragon. And uh, But this says this is the failure number three, and there's no chance for a fourth attempt. So um, if, if Bran is in the Night King, I mean, or a version of Bran or whatever, um, like, is Bran still in control, or is he just, like, along for the ride? No, it says right here, so... This theory might account for why the Night King let John go at Hardhome, because like the brand that remains deep down mm-hmm. recognize like one of his family for the first time in millennia. I guess what I'm getting at is if Bran is the Night King and he did all this because he knew he couldn't stop the war and he's trying to go back and and change history every time and stop the war. If he is the Night King, why doesn't he just stop the war? So I don't think he is the Night King, maybe, but he is a part of the Night King. I think he's trapped within the Night King. Like I said, he's kind of deep down like and Hodor. he's not. So maybe not in control, but the Night King like maybe has his memories and some of his power or something like that. But hmm. yeah, it's a weird one. But um, the, the other thing they say is that George R. R. Martin always said that, you know, he's told Double D what the end of the story is. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say how they get there, but he also said it's going to be bittersweet. So, I mean, if John has to kill Bran, that would be bitter, but... If it also ends the Great War, then that's sweet. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting theory. Certainly is. Then I guess one thing that uh, made people really start to look into it again was just the fact that um, there's like a scene with Bran walking, and his outfit looks very, very similar to the Night King's outfit. Hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, um, let's see here. So they get attacked by a bear, and uh, Thoros pushes. He saves the Hound. Pushes the hound out of the way. Yeah, in this one we both see we see both Eye Patch and Top Knot, but Barak and Boros, Thoros, whatever. <laughs> they both do the flame on swords. Yeah. And that's the first time I've seen anyone other th- other than Barak do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Thoros goes down, the bear attacks him, looks like it gets a hold of him like in the shoulder, neck, chest area. Yeah, and it, and this is where like when I said the hound needs to get over his fear of the fire. He mm-hmm. totally I feel like you know, he kind of pushed out again in this scene, and he probably cost old Topknot his life there. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame the Hound for being afraid of fire. You get pushed into a fire when you're a little kid, and you probably I guess you. I guess, though, if I... Maybe a zombie polar bear would kind of push that to, like, the back of my mind a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> um, then we jump back to Winterfell, and Sansa and Peter Baelish are meeting um, in... I think that's Sansa's room. I'm not yeah, sure. But, yeah, and she says here, um, you know, they're loyal to John, and he says something, but she says, I haven't heard from John in weeks. Yeah. And my thought here is, like, why why isn't he, like, at least sending a raven and informing her, like, what he's up to? Right. Like, he has totally just kind of abandoned them. Or why didn't he stop there on the way? Exactly. And it seemed like... Like, in the last episode, when he found out that Bran was back and, and aria yeah he said i have to go home but then he he doesn't ever go home and apparently 
And, you know, he's been mining all this dragon glass. Is he sending that back to Winterfell? I'm guessing like, so, like on a ship or... S- well, again, I, none of this. So it's like, why can't he send a message back with the dragon glass or anything like that? Right. So. Or I'm sure that, you know, if they're bringing it back in wagons or something, there's somebody driving that wagon who helped mine it and brought it back. Just, yeah. Tell... Would you tell my sister I'm doing all right and say hi to Arya and Rand for me? Right. <laughs> like, I don't know why he just, like, radio silence. Yeah. Uh, Sansa also kind of agreed with me last episode here where she called the Lord's wind veins. They're just kind of going yeah, with the, the tide of the wind. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good. That's why I think that she is actually showing more maturity than Arya here. She totally sees, like, the problems within her own camp. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think also this shows that um, Arya has a point. What's that? Because Sansa, with this conversation, she's... She's talking to Peter. She wants to make sure that this note doesn't get out. Yeah. So as part of her must realize that it was wrong or looks bad. Or Arya's kind of gotten in her head about it. Right. Like, you know, she says the only reason you don't want it to get out is you don't want these lords to think less of you. Right. And she's right. Yeah. But Sansa's also kind of right. Like, you know, she's maybe barely hanging on to their allegiance as it is anyways, because this is when she brings up, you know, they're actually loyal to John. I'm just, you know, the stewardess, stewardess, the flight attendant of <laughs> Winterfell <laughs> while he's gone. Right. So, and then uh, Littlefinger brings up, uh, you know, maybe Brienne will help you against your sister. And I don't really understand what his game is here. Yeah, I don't know. Because he's like, you know, she's sworn to protect both the Catelyn Stark's daughters. And if one were to rise against the other, would she step in? And I think Sansa kind of says, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I really don't know. I think he's just trying to push. I mean, he knows that Sansa, or when this all started out, or when he started hanging out with Sansa, he thought that she was the heir to Winterfell and was using her as a way to get power. Yeah. Also um, by marrying her aunt and that sort of thing. And I think he, like, once he found out John was around and is now the king in the north, kind of threw a wrench in his plans. And I don't know. I just still think he's going to try to convince Sansa that she should. I mean, maybe he already slowly is getting in her ear and convincing her that she should be ruler, not John. Yeah, and I'm just, the the reason I ask about Brienne is because, you know, later in the episode she sends her away. And I'm wondering, is that... So that she's not in the way in case in case Sansa wants to do something to Arya? Could be. Yeah. Could also be because, I mean, like she tells Brienne, she doesn't want to go back um, well, yeah. to Winterfell or to, to King's Landing. I almost just think, like, I would just ignore anything from King's Landing in the first place, but... Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, back to the north again. Uh, more walking. <laughs> uh, this is when John looks over the edge of the cliff and he sees the walkers. So this is the like first glimpse that they've got that they're there basically. Yeah. And I, you know, so we just see like one patrol of zombies with like one white walker general commander type thing. Yeah. And I, I mean, I smelled a trap right away. Yeah. Especially the second time I watched it, I was like, okay, this is, you know, obviously there's a huge army like right over the hill. Yeah. And it's like we've never seen the White Walkers not as just the horde. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, why would they wander off like that? It's right. not like they need to go poop or anything. 
Do you think White Walkers have weird little white poops? Like uh, dried dog shit? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they don't poop. I don't even know if they eat. Yeah, they just kind of decompose. I don't know. I mean whites, White Walkers. Oh, the White Whites. Yeah, they just eat babies. <laughs> So, I mean, maybe this is, again, a little bit off of the path that we're talking on here, but I've always, um, and, you know, let me know what you think here, but the wa- the dead, I almost called them the walking dead, the yeah. army of the dead, they're people that have been, like, killed in battle and stuff and have just been raised, f- you know, from the dead. Yes. Whereas the White Walkers are, like, the babies they were getting from Castor that they are, like, turning into a white. I believe so. So to become a White Walker, you have to, that has to happen while you're still alive? Mm. I mean, I'm trying to think back, and I can't quite remember if we've seen, like, a a general be risen from the dead. Yeah. I would say, I think what I've, what I've read is that they are creating the generals from the baby, so, I mean, it would make sense. I mean, just like the children of the forest did to the first one, it was a living man that they drove the the dragon glass into his chest. And Castor gave away only boys. Exactly. So, yep. That would make sense. Yep. So, uh, although I smell the trap, uh, our party does not, and they no, they try to, they lay a little trap of their own to draw the the patrol into like a valley. Yeah. With, I think they see fire. an opportunity here because they what they've come for is a White Walker, and they. There's a small group of them. I think they think that they can easily right. pick one of them off. Easier to pick one out of this small crew rather than the entire army. So, for a second, let's assume the theory about Bran being the Night King is true. Right. Um. So, w- are we thinking then that the, the small attachment of dead is sent to lure John and everyone else in? I think that's the case no matter what. And if that's the case, that means that the Night King knows why they're there? Well, okay, I say that would be the case maybe if he is Bran. But how Bran doesn't, again, they didn't go to Winterfell. Bran doesn't know they're there. But Bran is, what they're saying is this is future Bran being, going back in time. So gotcha. He could have already seen all this play out before. I don't know. I mean, it's it's... When you get into like time travel, it's always yeah. it's always well. There's a paradox there too because if in the future he did see how this played out and knows that John went there to get a White Walker, and then he goes back and becomes it just by doing that, he he would change the course of events leading up to that, and that event might not happen anymore. Like it's, you know, it's that time travel. Shit. So let's let's take that out of it. But I think <laughs> I think the the Night King still does know that they're there. Somehow. I think so, too. And I think that he has laid this trap because... Maybe the bear, too. I mean, that could have... Right, right, right. He could have found out that they were there just because they had the run-in with the bear. So, yeah. So, maybe one went back and, like, somehow reported, hey, there's a group of guys out here. Was he a bear scout? (laughs) (laughs) A cub scout? (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways... going with that. So, yeah, they, uh, (laughs) they light a little fire and then the patrol comes in to, like, investigate. And uh, they they uh, ambush it, and uh, John kills the White Walker with uh, long tooth or whatever it is, long claw, long claw. And uh, so as soon as the White Walker goes down, it's like Independence Day. They killed the mothership, and all the <laughs> the satellite ships just like yeah, went down. They all just crumble, except for one. 
Like, and it was just they needed one, and then there yeah. was just happened to be one that didn't disintegrate into nothingness. Yeah, I think we're supposed to think that that one was under the control of a different white because very soon we find out that there's way more of them, like real close. And shouldn't that maybe have tipped them off that that was the case? Yeah, I think they're kind of putting this all together on the fly. Yeah. I mean, we forget that we've seen the White Walkers several times and we've seen them killed by several different people and stuff. Right. Uh, really, uh, in this group, John is the only one who has seen these guys before. Because mm-hmm. even later, skipping ahead a little bit, when Jorah's talking to John, he's like, hey, I noticed when you killed that White Walker, the rest of them went down. Like, mm-hmm. they don't, they're, I feel like they're putting this together as they're, as gotcha. it's happening. Yeah. So I think, but that maybe that's our first clue. Oh, this that. is also where they send Gendry back. Yeah, just, yeah. They, they so uh, the one zombie that they do, that doesn't die when he kills the White Walker, they kind of trap it, but not before it like lets out this scream, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the rest of the horde comes comes running. Yeah, and uh, John hears it first, and uh, he tells Gendry to run. You know, for like ten minutes back to Eastwatch. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, why don't they go where Gendry goes? Are they like, is their plan maybe to lead them away from him? So yeah, make sure he gets away. Or yeah, I thought about that too. But yeah, I was thinking maybe that if they had all went together, that the horde would have just followed all of them, and they would just been too slow rather than one guy. Like, yeah, yeah, and he's the youngest guy too, so he might be the fastest one. So their grand plan is just to uh, go off and get trapped on this lake for a little bit. Yeah. So they were like. I mean, I don't think that's their plan, but <laughs> no. yeah, they run down this hill and they, they get to the edge of this lake and the ice starts to crack and they're kind of just sitting there, standing there, deciding what to do. And then that's when the horde comes over the hilltop, starts yeah. chasing them. And then they realize they have no choice but to just run to this little island that's in the it. center of this frozen lake. Yeah. And uh, the horde is hot on their heels and we get another red shirt down. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and then the horde runs right up to the ice, the lake, the frozen ice, and the it starts to break, of course. The ice starts, so they have to stop. They come to a dead stop. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, you're just throwing the puns left and right today. You're throwing some punches. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, the, yeah, they, cir- they circle them all around. They're like 360, and the ice is breaking like a little boat around their, yeah. their island, and... And then it just seems like they're, it's kind of a waiting game. If I remember right at Hardholm, when they were in the boats, weren't the dead like swimming after them? Yeah. Or did the dead... St- no, they stopped on the shore, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The Night King went right out to the dock like as far as he could. And he shook his fist like, you get out of here, you crazy kids. I guess what I'm getting at is, um, did the army of the dead stop where they stopped just because the ice was going to break or had already started to break? Or... Did they stop there because, again, the Night King knows what's up and he's this is all an elaborate trap and he knows that there's a dragon on the way? I guess at this point until we actually know, no. Yeah, we don't there's know. There's two ways to watch everything now. Right. So I, I would say watch it for with like in order of priorities, like don't think this is true. Right. And then maybe just in the back of your mind, maybe this is why it's, you know, maybe he does know. Yeah, but the first time before, you know, I watched this the first time before I started reading the the Bran is the Night King theory, and I just thought it was, you know, yeah, the ice is cracking, the zombies don't want to drown, and so they just stop, and they know. Although, so 
the Ice King, has, uh, Night King, has been shown to be able to freeze water. I don't know why they wouldn't just like refreeze true. that. True. Very true. And start running after them. Yeah. True. So. Yeah. Then we get back to Gendry. He's running for like five whole minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and he collapses right at the gate. Well, yeah. You think he's, he's failed because it just looks like he's, he collapses from exhaustion and then, you know, pull you back. The gate open. Yeah. He's like five feet away. Davos is there and says, get the maester right away. Yeah. Get the maester. We're sending a raven. And I mean, it's, uh, but so I say he's running for like five minutes because he does seem like he's just right back at Eastwatch real quick. Yeah. But it does cut from that back to the men on the island. And, you know, they're kind of like asleep. Mm-hmm. And, they're you know, at the moment just waking up a little bit. Yeah. So I think that is what's supposed to be like showing that some time has passed. Right. But the way they set it up is like, like you said, they cut back to the island. Everybody's waking up. It seems like it's been one night, but maybe it's been several days. We don't really know. Yeah. But I mean I could also see let's say it take it took them 3 days to get there. I could also see one guy maybe making it back in one day. I guess so. If he's really hauling ass and he doesn't get tired and doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and it also they're there long enough for top not to freeze to death. Freeze to death. He yep. perishes. Yep. Uh Derek lights up his he flicks his bick and uh well, this is the other problem we had with this, is that this guy, uh, Thoros, freezes to death. Yeah, I mean, they're all very cold. You can see, like, Jorah's, like, physically chattering. Yeah, and yet they have the ability just to make fire out of their swords. Right. Like, why aren't they just kind of huddled around the sword fire, at least get a little bit of warmth in there? I wonder if it's sort of like a mana problem. Like, if... Maybe he had to center his chi. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I was thinking though that Barrick maybe he can't make that sword light on fire indefinitely. You know, maybe it's more of like I can do this for a certain amount of time or something. Yeah, because when Thoros is dead, uh, you know, John says we have to burn the body, and Barrick takes care of it by lighting the sword. Lighting the sword, which makes me like you can just do this at any time, huh? Right. But he does put it out right away, I guess. So yeah. maybe it is like you said, like his 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 mana meter starts to deplete he doesn't have any potions and he also doesn't have a priest anymore to make him more potions yeah i don't know if this is potion based (laughs) it's definitely potion based (laughs) that's what the the red shirts were carrying in that sled was all my (laughs) it's all mana potions fire potions (laughs) um yeah so man bun is no more and uh barrack right here has a little uh foreshadowing line where he says i hope the lord of light suns up some fire yeah, and this is also where Jorah's talking to John, and he, they're kind of because you can see the Night King and a couple other generals and stuff like up on yeah. the hillside on their horses, and that's when Jorah kind of says, um, "You know, when you killed that one, all the rest of them went down. If we go after just them, we may have a chance." But John still is trying to hold to this. We need to keep them alive so this one is still alive that we can right. show Cersei. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a dumb plan. Yeah, absolutely. Given what happens later, too, they could have just flown over, grabbed one, flown back. And also, it's not like Cersei doesn't believe they're zombies because she owns a zombie. So it's <laughs> very true. <laughs> um, And then we go back to Winterfell. Yeah, and this is where uh, Sansa gets her invitation to King's Landing. Yeah, and she sends Brienne in her place. And, uh, I mean, yeah, we kind of already went over this a little bit. But, yeah, I just thought maybe it was to get her out of the way in case she does have to do something to to Arya. 
Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, I don't know why she's responding at all. Like I said, it's just like, why are we having anything to do with the Lannisters? Well, what I got out of that was that the meeting that she's sending Brienne to is the one that Tyrion is arranging with everybody. Yeah. So I don't know who the letter's from, but it's probably from Daenerys or Tyrion. I have a feeling also it's just to set up like Brienne being with Jamie again. Yeah. Ooh, I wonder if that means there's going to be a fight between Jamie and Tormund. Could. I don't know if Tormund would go. I just, I don't know, because it seems like uh, uh, Brienne's kind of into Jamie, but Tormund's into Brienne. Yeah. So maybe it was a love triangle. I don't know. I don't know if Tormund will go to that meeting because he's in charge of the castle and it seems like it might be pretty important. Well, I'm not saying at the meeting per se, just oh. maybe farther down the line. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brienne doesn't want to go. She asks if she can leave Pod, <laughs> which, okay. Yeah, sure. Podrick will be a huge help, <laughs> especially against Arya. <laughs> yeah. She says that he's an adequate swordsman or something like that. Adequate? Okay. I mean, he has been training with one of the best swordsmen and True. swordswomen in all the land, but yeah. But then inevitably Brienne backs down and is, you know, does her duty. Well, and Sansa kind of puts her foot, foot down. Yeah, and she does as her... She's like, bitch. Right, she does as she wishes. I am the Lady Stark, and you will do as I say. Um, next scene, we get Danny in her ski jacket. <laughs> um, getting ready. She's <laughs> she's uh, last call for boarding. On All aboard! <laughs> Three dragons to the wall. Tyrion is begging her, not begging, but pretty much asking her not to go because, again, he's still on this, like, if you die thing, you're yeah. the most important person in the world and you're going to go to the most dangerous place in the world. But she tells him, like, you know, last time you told me to do nothing and I forgot what she says happened, but yeah, like, we this lo- time I'm not doing We lost the Greyjoys. Right, right, right. And, yeah. and this time I'm not doing nothing. And... uh she takes all three dragons this time. Even yep. when she went to battle with the Lannisters, she only took the one. She took right. all three to go get Johnny. Yep. Well, doesn't she mention at some point earlier, maybe even in this episode, that she says something like, next time we do this, I'm taking all three dragons? Yeah, maybe. Show of power, kind of. Yeah. And probably as we... Uh, hindsight being twenty twenty wasn't a great idea. but No. No, not really. Um, yeah, so then we cut back to the north... Uh, the hound has decided to pick up a large rock and hurl it towards the army of the dead standing, you know, like 50 or 75 yards away from him. Yeah, and all this talk of uh, people being cunts, he's kind of a cunt here, <laughs> throwing rocks at the dead. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one, he nails the White Walker dead guy, like, right in the jaw. Yeah. And then the second rock, he gets, like, halfway there, and it skids across the ice to his feet. Also, I found I had a problem with this. Just, I mean, it's a stupid thing, but I've skipped rocks across ice before, and it makes a crazy, like, laser sound before. Pew, 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 pew. And didn't do that. (laughs) Um, He, like, makes the White Walker guy mad, I guess. I mean, I don't think. No, 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 no. He shows him. The rock skipping across the ice, it shows that the water that they were not going into has refrozen back over. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. So the all of a sudden the dead are like they kind of like oh and they're like okay I can the one goes and then the rest start to follow. Do you think every move the dead make are is orchestrated by their general or whoever 
wrote and like brought them like are they independent like can, do they have their own thoughts or is it all just like they're just completely controlled by I th- like I, is it like a you know like a hive type of thing I would say they're probably more an extension of the commanders it would make more sense because they I mean they just do seem like just kind of right. slobbery and zombies. if the commanders are standing back or sitting back on horses on the hilltop they may not realize that that water is froze yet until they see that rock hop across there. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I think that makes more sense. We we obviously don't know for sure, but I think that makes more sense, especially with like the killing, the one dying and yeah. then they all died. Yeah. I think that, that really lends strength right. to, that th- to that theory. And it also makes sense too, because I don't think the dead are alive. They're not zombies where they're walking around. They are like, just piles of flesh and bone that are like enchanted. They're like under some sort of yeah. spell. It's yeah. like the mops and brooms on Fantasia. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm with you. Um, then we get a battle. Um, Another they, red shirt down. <laughs> uh, Jorah pulls out his sweet obsidian daggers. I thought those were awesome. Yeah. They all have obsidian weapons, but Jorah, apparently his weapon of choice is small daggers. Yeah, but um, and like Tormund's is... Like a weird like axe, but like the blades, I think there's like three on it. Yeah. And they're only like maybe two or three inches wide. Yeah. So it's like a weird skinny axe, but it's made out of the the dragonstone. So do you think that the hammer that the hound is carrying that he took from Gendry when Gendry ran away? Yeah. Is that the very same hammer from the last episode or did they outfit it with some sort of uh, dragon glass also? I didn't notice anything different about it. I think it was the same one. So, Are you saying the same one, but with dragon glass? Now? Yeah, like did they tip it with dragon glass or something? Not that I saw, but I don't so know. So anybody that the hound hit with that hammer could just get right back up. Yeah, I mean, except that they're so. I mean, that hammer is so massive, and they are just you know brittle bone and flesh. Right. They kind of just explode. Seems like a a cheat code to get around the needing dragon glass thing if you just give everybody a hammer. I mean, they're even. I think the dragon glass is more for the White Walkers and not so much for the yeah, zombies. That's, yeah, that's. I think that's probably true. Because yeah, I mean, we. I think we've seen even s- in Hardhome. Yeah, the other like the, the big giant stuff was like smashing up, dead people. With I was gonna like, say we've seen zombies get killed, but yeah, the White Walkers like when you try to like sh- stop their blade, with, yeah, it just shatters a regular steel blade. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Tormund gets swarmed by a bunch of dead people. Yeah, he gets real lucky here. Yeah. Uh, Jorah saves him, kills the dead, pulls him back out. Yeah. They're like dragging him into a, into a hole in the ice, into the water. And I think they get like his feet in there and it's like, yeah, he might lose some toes. Yeah. <laughs> and then another red shirt falls off the other side of the island, off the yeah. cliff into the mob and the zombies just always see his spurts of blood. So I think we're supposed to think that they like ripped him up or whatever. Tore him, tore him limb from limb. Yeah, and at this point, it's just like John's kind of just standing there. You know, everyone else is still going at it. Well, I think he's got his, like, they're back to back, and mm-hmm. everybody else, like, so the way this island is, is it's kind of like a gentle slope on one side, and then the other side is a cliff. Kind of like a wedge shape. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, everyone else is holding off the zombies that are coming up the wedge. He's back to back with them. In case somebody were to crawl up that cliff edge, I think right. is what's going on there. Yeah. But, I mean, he's still looking around. Yeah. I saw that, too, finally. But at first, it's just like, is he just standing there not really helping? Right. But, yeah. 
And then they start to come up the back end of the wedge where he's, I think he's like about ready to start swiping at guys, climbing up that side. Yeah, it looks like everything is about lost. They're surrounded and outnumbered. Yeah. And then... Dragons to the rescue! (laughs) And they start doing some real damage again. Yeah, the first thing she does it looks like is just like burn a big moat in the ice basically so right. no more can whoops no more can come in yeah and like the we see a shot of all the the zombies kind of falling to the bottom of the lake yeah and then she lands and the dragon just starts spraying fire in a radius around it and everybody jumps on the dragon except except john. for john because he's being heroic and yeah it seems like he has a perfect chance to get up and escape yeah. And then he just starts to rampage. Yeah. And he gets farther and farther away from the dragon. It's just like, bro. Like, I don't know. What I kind of thought maybe he thought was like, like you said, they were creating more of a moat around them. So maybe he was just getting rid of the few that were on the wrong side of the moat. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's wasting time. And he, like I said, he's just getting farther and farther away when right. it seemed like he could just like kill a few and run back and Especially get back on the Especially here in this, like right after this, one of the generals of the the White Walkers hands the Night King a big ice spear. Ice spear, yeah. Icicle. <laughs> the Night King takes excellent aim and hurdles an arrow at one of the dragons, not the one that Danny's on, but one of the other dragons. Yeah, he's almost like uh, almost like robotic in the way that he like you know aims it up and then pulls back and just like pew. Yeah, and it makes like a weird like whizzing noise too. Yeah. Anyways, he nails the dragon like right in the perfect spot. Right apparently. in the gas tank. Right in the gas tank. <laughs> dragon explodes, blood flying everywhere. Uh, dragon goes down pretty fast, breaks through the ice, slips underwater. And I mean, this. And I feel. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I feel like this is where John had the perfect chance to get on the dragon. Oh, yeah. Everybody's just standing around watching. And he's still and he's still just taking his time. Yeah. He he kind of just stands there and then he's still like trying to chop guys. I think he maybe tries to make his way back, but he's still chopping guys on the way. Yeah. Just like taking forever. And then he notices that the Night King has got a second spear, and that's when he starts yelling Go Go, 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 go. Um in the process, John also gets taken down by some dead guys and pulled down in through a hole in the ice. Right. And uh, Danny, I think she waits for a couple beats, but she yeah, eventually... Yeah, he'll come back up, but he never does. She's already lost one of her children, and she has to, like, make the hard decision, and she decides to leave him there. Yeah. That must... I mean, that must be such a blow to her. She just lost one of her dragons that, you know, she's been saying for seven seasons are her babies. Mm-hmm. And then the guy that I think she's just starting to realize she has a thing for. Right. Um, and, and they, they avoid an, another narrowly avoid another spear on their way out. Yeah, the dragon has learned to roll. Evasive. <laughs> <laughs> Although it seems like okay, so yeah, the night king gets another spear and throws it, and uh, the uh, it's Drogon this time, mm-hmm. and everyone's on his back, and he like at the last minute makes like a swipe up to the you know le- one of the sides. It seemed like it was just gonna go right over him though, and he almost like put his wing put up his in the wing way to it. Yeah. <laughs> Jorah almost falls off here. I was kind of wondering if that maybe he was going to play into something, but yep. we don't really see anything there. No, they, it looks like they pulled him back up. Yeah. Um, then we go back down to uh, ground level, and we see the hole in the ice that John fell through. 
His sword is sitting there next to the hole, and he pulls himself back out of the water. Yeah. And the little thing maybe we should mention here, um, some people have noticed that there's like a little speck in the eye of the sword. It, it looks like it changes colors or something. Well, it starts off white, and it does have, It does it seem dark. to like make an opening yeah. kind of movement I don't to become black. I don't think that's what it is. But it has been, people have been saying that this yeah, is a thing where... Yeah, there's a lot of different theories. Personally, I think that the um, eye is just made out of crystal or something, and it's just reflecting the colors around it, and just yeah. some sort of artifact of the shot. It's looks like it changes colors, but it's just really a reflection of something. Like but a cameraman. <laughs> I feel like if it was an important plot point, they would have brought a lot more attention to it than just like that little, like, I hope you saw it. I don't know. This is a, this is a show of Easter eggs. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I think that's all. I think that is the reason that everyone's kind of jumping on this. Not everyone, but a lot of people are jumping sure. on this. Like maybe they noticed something that the creators were trying to hide. Maybe so. it's possible. We'll see. Let us know what you think on Twitter. Yep. But uh, so John is like kind of trying to stumble away from the walkers, but they notice him again and they start coming after him and. Here comes Cold Hands to the rescue. Yep, Uncle Benjamin, good old Unky Benjamin. Yeah, he like rides in on a on a horse and jumps off immediately. And he like, John's already kind of delirious, I think, from being under the the freezing water. Yeah. And Benjamin pulls his mask down, and he's just like, uh, "What, Uncle Benjamin?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, "Get on the horse, let's go." So I don't necessarily know or think that the sword is magic or anything, besides yeah. being Valyrian. Right. Um. But it does seem like something's going on here to help John not freeze to death. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think another theory has been put out there that he's somehow linked to the walkers now. I think we said something like that, too. But um, where when he died and came back, you know, he it's similar to what the walkers have done. Right. So maybe he does. And also, maybe it plays into, like, the power of the Starks. But he's also a Targaryen, so... Maybe the, the Starks in general aren't magical, but the Targaryens kind of are. Right. So maybe it awoken like a Stark kind of magic in right. him. Right, yeah. Where like the Targaryens can walk through fire. So maybe he can withstand cold. extreme cold. Yeah. Or maybe it's just an artifact of, um, you know, the Lord of Light wanting to keep him alive for some certain purpose. This wasn't his time. Keep him alive to keep him moving on to the next thing maybe maybe it, it'll come back into play when if you know i gotta imagine there's gonna be a face-off between him and the night king so maybe that'll come into play where yeah. the night king tries some like ice magic on him and he's Could be and he's impervious yeah and uh benjen makes him go on by himself he yeah benjen yeah benjen uh gives john his horse and sends him off and, and luckily and the horse knows exactly where to go yeah it's a smart horse <laughs> And are we supposed to believe that Benjamin dies in this, or we'd not really see anything? I, th- I got the impression that he's dead, but I don't although know. he's already like supposed to be half dead because he's kind of half Walker. Yeah. So I mean, I think he. I mean, I don't remember exactly, but the conversation that he had with Bran when he was helping Bran get back, right, he kind of explains how he's like half alive, and uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe he's welcoming death at this point. Yeah, he's probably living. Th- 
maybe some like kind of cursed life north right. of the wall as a half half dead and but not quite human right yeah well and Barrick had mentioned it too and some other people like anybody who gets resurrected in this show seems to mention that they're never whole again they they're yeah. every time you're a little bit less of what you were when you come back so and maybe Benjamin's just kind of riding that that edge between life and death and Maybe yeah. if you get brought back, you have like a little respite from it, but he's just kind of just in the constant state right. of dying or something. So I think he's he's okay with trading his life for John's. Yeah, I mean, and he spent a lot of time with Bran. Maybe he kind of, it seems like he has like a little foreknowledge of Yeah, how do you know stuff. they were there? Right, so maybe he does know that, you know, John's more important or something like along those lines. Yeah, um, then we go back to Winterfell, and Sansa is going through Arya's room and finds her satchel of faces. Yeah, everyone's just going, sneaking into people's rooms back yeah. in Winterfell. <laughs> um, I assume that Sansa's in Arya's room actually looking for the scroll, probably, right? Yeah, because she doesn't want it to be shown to whoever. Yeah, um, Arya tries to get Sansa to play the game of faces with her, but Sansa doesn't really want to play along and starts asking Arya questions instead. Yeah, it, I mean, I didn't. There's really not a whole lot I don't think to be had from this scene. It's just to me, it's just like it's just, the girls are acting so much, so adversarial. Yeah, for reunited sisters with common enemies. I mean, it just it's weird because I felt like we got past all this right when like I don't know maybe it's just like the American in me that wants the happy ending, but it seemed like you know all the Starks are finally in one place. And they were just going to become like a force to be reckoned with. And yet we're still just kind of, you know, bickering amongst ourselves. So. Right. And I think it's also, I mean, it's got to be the influence of, of Littlefinger too. He's kind of, uh, who's that guy in Wormtongue in the Lord of the Rings? Yeah. You know, he's always got someone's ear and he's just like breeding dissension and stuff. So mm -hmm. maybe that's kind of just the vibe is, yeah. is, is emanating from him. Um, then we're back to Eastwatch where everybody is getting on board one of the Targaryen ships to go back, I assume, to Dragonstone. Um, I, I was wondering here, so when they escaped from this frozen lake, they had they still had the, the dead guy with them. Yeah. They threw him on the back of the dragon with everybody else. Uh-huh. Um, do you think they flew the dragon over the wall? Hmm. Because there's, I mean, they've always heavily hinted that there's magic in the wall that would prevent White Walkers from crossing it. Mm. So if they flew that thing straight over the wall, would it not just kill the White Walker? Well, and I was going to say maybe they just landed in front of the wall and they walked through the gate, but it's still kind of the same thing. Yeah. You're still going past the wall. Maybe they had to go around the edge of the wall. Well, Eastwatch is by the sea, right? Yeah. So they could have just easily maybe made yeah. a detour, I guess. So may maybe they're on that side of the wall, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the, sh you know what I mean? Maybe the ship departed from the bay on the north side of the wall. Gotcha. Yeah. And I, was uh, I mean, I was wondering the same thing. I mean, okay. We'll, we'll get to it in a minute here. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um... And uh, Daenerys is shown. So the dragons are flying around. The men are getting the the zombie into the boat, and they're. At first, I thought it was kind of weird that they didn't just fly all the way back to Dragonstone or wherever. Yeah. They stopped at Eastwatch, but I think it was because Daenerys wanted. She she's waiting at the top of the wall, keep an eye out for maybe if John was going to show up. Yeah. I think it's that. I also think that the dragon 
probably can't fly a huge distance with all of those people on its back. It even seemed like when it took took off, it had more, like, usually it just goes, whoosh, and it kind of took a few <laughs> steps and, like, took off. Yeah. So maybe it just couldn't fly the whole way back with, you know, six or seven people on its back. Makes sense. Um. So John wakes up, and the first thing he tells Danny is that he's sorry. He's so sorry he never would have asked for her help if he knew that this was going to happen. Well, yeah, we, let's say first that he does appear. And they bring him in. Sure, yeah. yeah. She's waiting on the wall, and she's about to turn back, and he appears. Jorah sees him, yeah. And then, yeah, they get him on the boat, the big boat. and Chisel uh, his clothes off. I was going to say, his his clothes are just, like, frozen to him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, and it, it seems like he's been asleep for a while. Yeah. Although it's probably a 20-second boat ride back to Dragonstone. <laughs> he's been asleep for five seconds, so... But yeah, he he, uh, you know, when they strip his clothes off too, this is finally where uh, Daenerys sees like his scars. Yep. From when the men betrayed him, and she sees his hot bod. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but he does awake. He wakes up and he apologizes right off the bat and says he wished he hadn't gone. And yeah, if and he she could take says it back, that he would. that uh, she wouldn't take it back because she got to see. Yeah, she finally believes. Yeah, in and the White Walkers. Then she says that she'll help him. And she wants to fight them. Yeah, and then he says that he calls her Danny, and she says, I haven't heard that since, you know, maybe my brother was the last person to call me that. That's not good company to keep. New. No. Um, so he says, okay, how about my queen? Which basically, from what I you know get from that, is he's basically... Well, he's bending the figurative knee. Exactly. He even says, like, I'd bend a knee, but I can't. Um, frozen he in is bed. figuratively bending the knee <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh yeah so what do you think uh the north is gonna think about this well she even says you know she brings it up when he says that it's like you know what are your people gonna think and they i think he makes the point that is the correct one that they're gonna see that you're worth that y- you are worth following yeah i mean it took him a little bit of time, but that was like the whole point of their conversations back mm-hmm. at Dragonstone and stuff is that they both learned that they they kind of see each other in one another. Right. And, you know, they see that they each have a good heart and they have the right intentions. So. Well, I feel like, too, all they have to do is fly back to Winterfell on a dragon and everybody's <laughs> yeah. going to be like, okay, we're down, we're down. Oh, that's a great ally to have, sure. Bend the knee. We're down. Or you will get burned by a fucking dragon fire. Then we go back uh, to north of the wall again, the big ending scene of the episode. All the dead have these massive chains that they got from who knows where. They just brought them in case. Yeah. <laughs> just packing those around just in case. Or they knew what they were going to get at the end or of the battle. Yeah. Um, but they're dragging the dead uh, Viserion. From the depths of the lakes. Yep. Back so they, up onto the ice. They pull him out. The Night King walks over, puts his hand on the dragon's mm-hmm. face. Good dragon, I pet you. And you then the episode pets? ends with the dragon's eye opening up, and you can see that its eyes are blue like the rest of the dead. The living yeah. dead. Linger on. So we have pos- possibly eyes. an ice dragon now? I think so. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, things I've read is that... Uh, George R. R. Martin kind of th- has a thing for ice dragons. Um, I think he's like mentioned them before. Um, he's also he wrote after 
some of the Game of Thrones books. Who was it after? Before? I can't remember now. But he's written a child's book called The Ice Dragon. And that was like a child befriends an ice dragon and it helps uh, defeat like the evil fire breathing dragon. Yeah. Um, and then he's mentioned before like uh, this, that maybe ice dragons could be a thing and then that they would have a breath that could like freeze a man a full grown man in like half a second or something like that. Yeah. So it's not gonna be like fire breath anymore. I don't well, think it makes sense too, because I feel like if a ice dragon, you know, a Walker dragon, white dragon, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, if it tried to blow fire, it seems like it would just destroy itself because they seem super weak to fire. Plus it's gas tank got exploded. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to be imbued with, like, the magic of the walkers. So what I was going to say, what I was thinking about a little bit earlier is, you know, we were talking about the wall and this, like, sort of magical force field or whatever. There's supposed to be runes or something underneath the wall. Yeah. Um, Can the dragon fly over the wall or is it going to be just... Or go around. Or go around or under. Like like we said, Jan- <laughs> I don't know how you go under. They can't go under either, actually. You can't go over, can't go through, can't go under. But so there's it's got to stop at the, the at the sea. East Watch, yeah. And oh, well, Danny's not a walker, so never mind. But yeah, I think that's it, it's not gonna be able to take people. But yeah, at, maybe at some point it's bringing the Night King over there or something like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Or maybe oh, it's not fire though. I was gonna say maybe it could like breathe at the wall and destroy it somehow or something like that. But I've always thought that wall is gonna have to come down at some point. Yeah. It just seems like a you know, a story device that would epically be shattered and come down at some point. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this will all end with maybe not so much a defeat of the White Walkers, but a more you know, another coming together between two groups of people that don't get along. And what, building another wall or Or just destroying like a Berlin wall sort of thing, like tear down this wall, Mr. Night King. <laughs> Wait, you think they're gonna be Come friends with I'm them? not saying I think that. I'm just <laughs> saying it could be a possibility. The The Night King and the Whites didn't start off totally evil. I mean, they were created by the children of the forest to fight evil, or what they thought was evil, man. But then the children of the forest were realized that they made a huge mistake. Yeah, they shit got out of control. They, the, for, the children of the forest had to change alliance to the men that they were fighting because the White Walkers were so dangerous. What what do the White Walkers want? Like, what's their motivation? Are they just, they want to control everything? They just want world dominance, or? I mean, I think that maybe it would come come up if we, like, learned more about, like, their creation. Like, yeah. it seems like they would have had to be created with a purpose in mind. I wonder if they can speak, too. <clears throat> have we heard them speak? We've heard them, like, <laughs> like kind of do a, hissing wailing yeah. kind of things that's about it but i don't think they would speak uh the common tongue yeah so next week is the season finale episode seven like i mentioned at the top of the episode it's going to be like it's just shy of 80 minutes it's like 79 minutes and 40 some seconds so almost feature length almost <laughs> i hope next year like every episode's that long but we'll see that is a rumor i've heard yeah that's what i heard about this season too though and that didn't that didn't happen either. Yeah, we had one of the shortest episodes in history. Yeah. But uh, 
it looks like next week we're gonna have we're gonna be a little more or the whole king's landing gathering i think is going down so yeah. we'll see what happens comes from that and the episode is called uh i think it's called the dragon and the wolf or the wolf and the dragon something oh. like that so i think there's gonna be more than just this meeting but we'll see maybe they bang maybe they do <laughs> Well, we're going to have another regular episode of uh, Word Nerd here in, uh, later this week. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Defenders. So if you haven't uh, been watching the Defenders or if you haven't, you haven't finished it yet, the episode is kind of going to probably spoil the whole series. So uh, go yeah, and watch that. You have several days to, to watch that. Yeah, I think we're going we're gonna to cover the entire season of show. So Yeah, we're just going to have kind of a general discussion of... Marvel defenders. The defenders. Kia. Kia. All right. Uh, we are on Twitter at Word Nerd. We are on Instagram at Word Nerd Podcast. Facebook.com slash Word Nerd. Uh, also, send us your questions, concerns, comments to Word Nerd Podcast at gmail.com. That is right. Uh, also, we're on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, uh, lots of different places. So, uh, rate, review, subscribe, leave us some comments. That would be pretty cool. Ryan, where can they f- people find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at RyanCaseyPie. And I'm on Instagram at BeastTickles. That's one T, Tickles. And that's it, folks. Word. Until next time, Word. Nerd. Word.